Welcome to day 66 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with the Kreskis, Matt and Katie Kreski. Hello. So good to see mm-hmm. you guys and uh, good to continue to read through uh, the Gospel of Acts. This is one of the most exciting portions of the Gospel of Acts. Uh, the Gospel is spreading. Uh, it's kind of been forced. Uh, persecution has taken you know, people out of the city and as they've gone out of the city uh, they take the gospel with them and some miraculous things have happened and we even had a hint you know a couple of days ago of the gospel you know reaching into uh, northern Africa where we we don't hear from it again until you know centuries later and we find a thriving church you know in the in the northern part of Africa mm-hmm. as well this week we come to one of the most you know significant moments in the gospel something that the uh, the disciples, you know, were not completely prepared for. Uh, they were prepared somehow to know that Gentiles could participate. And they could participate in the temple, but they could participate from afar. Mm-hmm. So there was a court of Gentiles, and then there were a court of women, then there was a court, uh, you know, of men who were devout Israelites. And then there was the holy place where the priests worked. And then there was a holy of holies uh, where the high priest could go once a year. But for the most part, the Gentiles were from a distance looking in, and we see the you know gospel move in a very deliberate way with a very deliberate you know work of God uh, you know to the Gentiles. And this is a story that's going to be repeated three times. Uh, you're going to hear uh, this story uh, repeated uh, originally. You know we'll read you know the original story. And then the story will be recalled uh, as Peter is in uh, Cornelius's house, and then it'll be recalled again when he comes back and uh, defends himself for going into the home of a Gentile. Mm-hmm. So we are in Acts chapter ten today. Before we dig into the text, or in Matt Kresge's words, dive into the text, <laughs> we can dig and dive, can't we? Yeah, dig Not at the dive. same time. Yeah. That'd be hard dig to do. First, at the same, yeah. at the same time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Katie, why don't you you lift us up in prayer before we dig dive? (laughs) Father, thank you for another day. Um, Thank you for another chance to um, open up your word and to continue to read about the work that you did in the early church, the work that you did um, in spreading this good news um, to areas that, and to peoples that... um, the original believers never imagined. Um, and so thank you for the work that you've done in them and the work that you continue to do in us and around the world. Um, would you continue to work in our hearts and use us in the world around us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion. And what was known as the Italian Regiment, he and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. 
They became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We've come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Uh, So here we have uh, God working in two different places and two different ways. Uh, And again, the timing is absolutely impeccable. Uh, you have to love how God is at work. You have this this man Cornelius, and you immediately you know fall in love with him, a devout man, a righteous man, mm-hmm. uh, you know who gives generously to the poor, prays regularly. Matter of fact, at three o'clock would have been one of the you know times of prayer. Mm-hmm. So he's coming to prayer. He's, he sees you know sees this vision. What are some of the things that stand out I, as you look into the passage? I just love how Luke describes. He gives us a whole picture of this man, so that we almost feel like we know him as we read the story. I love that. That's just a side note. Luke is a <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke is a good storyteller. I appreciate it. And uh, that's exactly what the Gospels are doing. They're they're telling us, you know, the story, you know, not a story, but they are they're telling us the story. And you'll notice Luke is setting us up with a lot of names and a lot of yeah. places that'll be embedded. You know, several chapters. You know, several chapters down, he is is marvelous at his craft and how he does this. Yeah, yeah I, I think. You know, Katie prayed earlier. You know, just thanking God for the work that we see Him, you know, doing in the Book of Acts. And I'm just reminded, like even in the story of Cornelius and and Peter, you have two guys, two separate locations, two different places, you know, two different backgrounds, and yet the Lord is initiating and pursuing, you know, Cornelius, and and He's doing it in both ways. So He, you know, appears, the angel of the Lord appears to Cornelius, and then you have Peter. You know, the, the Lord is is initiating this with Peter, and so just being reminded you know that the lord's not restricted he's not bounded to jerusalem or to joppa or to you know a house but he he does what he pleases and, and he and a beautiful the beautiful picture of his sovereignty how yeah. he is orchestrating you know every detail of our lives as part of his you know as part of his plan and part of his purpose and uh, how he is working all things together for good for those of us who have been, you know, called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see this in Scripture. You do not always see it in your life. You know, one day you'll stand before the Heavenly Father and see how he has orchestrated the events in, in your life and be amazed as, as well. But uh, we see this beautiful picture of God working sovereignly in order to accomplish his purposes. And this is a purpose that's going to take a little bit of a push. They should have known from their time with Jesus you know that the gospel was ready to make this big move 
uh, all foods had been, you know, Mark tells us all foods had already been declared clean by Jesus himself when he said it's not what goes in a person that defiles them, but what, you know, comes out of a, a person, mm-hmm. you know, that, that defiles them. But it, it's just not quite there. They're, they're, they're not, you know, quite ready, you know, mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. So you have this vision of all these, I'm sure, you know, some <laughs> clean foods and unclean foods, and Peter's saying some of them are pretty exciting, but even though even though they're on the same sheet together would mean that the unclean was contaminating yeah. mm-hmm. the clean so none of them would have been available to him mm-hmm. and and he sees them and then he hears a command you know, get up and eat and he says no no i yeah. i've been a holy pure guy the irony right is he stayed my with, life uh, it says in, if we backed up to chapter 9 verse 43 peter stayed in joppa for some time with a tanner named simon so he's sure. he's staying in the home you know with animals who are unclean you know due to the Due to being hmm. killed, and so it just kind of that On, only a biblical nerd would go there. But uh, yeah. yes, <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny yeah. just to see the irony that like here is, is Simon, Simon. Him, Simon himself would have had a, a job where he touched <laughs> dead. Dead, dead bodies. Yeah. No uh, but, but ironically, <laughs> you know, he's, he's he's a leather, you know, he's a, he's a he's a leather maker or a leather or tanner, fashioner, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Peter was already wearing shoes that had leather that thong. Way. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think one of the other things that stands out to me that, um, it, and maybe it's just kind of fun to see it as we've been reading through Hebrews and we're being reminded that Jesus is, you know, better than the angels and the angels, you know, became kind of viewed as the mediator of the law. But now the gospel has been, you know, given to us by Jesus to be proclaimed by the disciples. And you see, like, if God wanted to, to draw Cornelius to himself through the angel in this moment, he could have done that. Mm-hmm. And yet he uses the angels, you know, to essentially bring you know say hey i want you to send for peter and then it's going to be peter who's the one who gets to share the gospel and, and i mean it's, it's a small thing in in the grand scheme of things it's you know god works however he wants to work and we'll see that mm-hmm. happen but I'm, I'm just reminded um even of peter's statement later in his letter where he says the angels long to look into the gospel that we've received mm-hmm. you know and and we're seeing that played out that this is good news and and one of the ways this good news is going to continue to spread throughout the book of Acts and even for us today is is through believers sharing the gospel with those around them. I think it's important, right, that God used Peter to to first speak to Cornelius, but also to initiate and to teach the rest of the Jews, like or the rest of the Christians. Like the gospel's going to the Gentiles because I've had this experience and I can't deny what I've experienced. I can't deny what the spirit has led me to do. And so it's important that God use Peter, who is definitely, we could say is like one of the top leaders of this movement. Um, And to, I don't know, as a witness, like this is what God is doing. There is no question, you know? No, God is, you know, God is doing a work in Peter's life, you know, obviously, but, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, Peter would have been one of the most credible spokesmen, yeah. you know, to the rest of, uh, you know, Judaism, mm-hmm. as of course, you know, would have Paul, you know, as we see them both together, you know, uh, in, in a few chapters, mm-hmm. you know, pleading the case uh, of the Gentiles because Paul had you know, actually persecuted the church and, uh, you know, had a strong passion, you know, for this. What we can't miss, you know, in the middle of this is is where you hear, you hear the heart of the gospel. You know, in, in verse 15, um, mm-hmm. the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has, has, has made clean. 
uh, when Paul in Romans, you know, talking about Abraham, uh, would say, uh, you know, of Abraham, that our God is a God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, which is the heart of what he has done, you know, with us. He has taken with us something that is unholy, impure, unclean, and even detestable and, and, and ugly. Uh, and because of the sacrifice of Christ, he has pronounced us, he has declared us righteous. Mm. And that is the heart of the gospel, how God takes, takes the unworthy, the unclean, the broken, mm-hmm. uh, the shameful, and, and gives them new life in Christ at, at his declaration. And, and see, we're clean, not because we got our act together, we are clean because of the sacrifice of Christ and because our God, through that sacrifice, has declared us clean. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and you just, it's hard to stop here because you just want to keep going. Katie there's, wants to edge into the next there's chapter. More, there's like, you just, it feels we'll, like we'll a We'll be doing with uh, David and Cindy tomorrow. Yeah, I'm so jealous. But, uh, <laughs> but you just sense that God is doing something big. Like, he's about to do something really big. Yeah. And it's big for us because we are, we are, are Gentiles like we are on the outside and we have been brought in because of God's work here and so it's I mean I don't want to miss that personally like because of this happening I have been brought in and um, what a grace to me personally it's not just a story it's not something that just happened thousands of years ago but like it's something that I am deeply grateful for this is the next big move of the gospel you're right it's It's been in Jerusalem. It's it's penetrated there. It went to Samaria, which is still kind of, you know, a mix of Jew Gentile in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, they weren't necessarily considered Gentiles. Yeah, they have enough uh, you know? Jew in them to yeah. maybe okay, we see God. Okay, and so yeah. now we'll be grudgingly let them finally in. Finally, going to the Gentiles. Yeah, and let's not miss you know the first big move of grace. You see here, uh, verse twenty three. And then Peter invited the men into the house. Mm-hmm. They had already broken a <laughs> tradition. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they called from the outside gate. They would have known to have called from the outside gate. But Peter brought them into the house. And already, because of what God was doing uh, through Cornelius and what God was doing in Peter, a barrier has already been broken which we're going to see just blown through in the next half of this chapter, which you can't talk about, Katie, because we're going to talk about that with David and Cindy tomorrow. Well, I'll be tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Matt, why don't you close us with a word, prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, um, for stories like these where we're reminded of, of your initiation, your sovereignty, um, your grace to us. Thank you for um, the gospel at work um, in the early church, the gospel at work in us. Thank you for um, the reminder that that you have made us clean through the sacrifice of Jesus. And so would you continue um, to impress that in our minds, in our hearts, in our affections um, today and this week? Um, Father, help us to live in, in light of the gospel, to be reminded that you have saved us, redeemed us, and bought us. Um, and you've cleaned us. And so, Father, would we um, continue to worship you, um, to draw near to you. Um, Thank you for the reminder of your grace uh, today. In St. Christ's name we pray. Amen.